What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Look Ahead episode, I Don't Know. My name is RJ Ochoa. His name is Rob Stats Guerrero. He's feeling just a teeny bit under the weather from a voice perspective, which is why I am getting things going. Uh, this is the Look Ahead on the SB Nation NFL show. And a reminder before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook Stats. It is the first Friday in the month of July that is coming after a whole week in July. Last week was July the 1st, uh, to clarify my super confusing point. As mentioned, <laughs> your voice uh, a little bit on the mend, but uh, nevertheless, it's great to be with you. Great to be your bright, shining face. People can, of course, watch us on the Espionation NFL YouTube channel and listen wherever they get their podcasts. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and write a review with regards to the Espionation NFL show. Robert, Bobby, how goes it? Don't call me Bobby. I am great. I appreciate you carrying the show today. It's about time. Uh, you know what, Stats? Um, it is about time. You carry us all. And uh, if I can if I can return the favor in, in just a slight little manner right here, I, I want to make sure I do that. I mentioned if people uh, leave a rating, um, that would be cool. If you leave a rating, we will read it. We are contractually obligated, I think. Uh, you know, we say that, Stats. I don't know. Like, we're, we're joking about our contract. Like, I'm just, you know, I want to be careful about that. But uh, anyway. Jake in Memphis has been one of the more popular reviewers lately and is an example of how you can constantly and consistently communicate with the show. You can leave multiple reviews. After you're done, go give another one. That is always awesome to see. Uh, stats, Jake in Memphis is, in case you doubted where he was from a geographical standpoint. Again, five-star rating comes on July the 6th. So two days ago, the hump day point of this week, the midway point between Monday and today. Monday, of course, the last time you and I were together on the show when we did the quadcast episode of Monday Football Monday, which is is what Jake is talking about it says I thoroughly enjoyed listening to the fourth on the fourth podcast I thought the takes were great and enjoyed the banter between guests the four of you should have a reunion at midseason and or the end of the season play some clips and either relish in your prophetic knowledge or as often said on this podcast eat crow thanks fellas Jake uh, the last part stats might be more applicable to you than anybody else seeing as um, basically everybody had uh, an issue with your Trey Lance um, pick to win MVP I don't think anybody thinks it's like dumb to throw a lottery ticket on him but he was your third pick I mean it's a little bit ridiculous and, and I think I think some moment of clarity maybe has washed over you since then well, I like the idea of accountability, right? Like, we should do a mid-season reunion, check in, see how things are looking, and then obviously at the end of the year, recap it as well. I love that because I, I'm all about that. Like, I think anybody that does this job should bring up their picks, good, bad, or otherwise, should be accountable for the stuff that they say. So I like that it's not just going to, like, disappear into the ether. Let's bring it back, reunite, and let's do this thing right. Mm, I agree with you. Um, a great time we had. Uh, actually, we recorded that 
a little over a week ago at this point. So it feels further away than it actually is for most people. Um, but again, this is the first time people are hearing you on the SB Nation NFL show since they heard that. Do you do you want to respond? Do you, do you want to defend yourself? Because we all thought it was dumb, and we still think it was dumb, just to be very clear. Um, so Yeah, I know. I said what I said. I'm, I'm totally comfortable with it, and I think that when we check back in, I'm going to be the one laughing. Y'all going to be the ones crying. Um, well, again, Trey Lance, not even the best quarterback on his team's roster right now. So just a, just a, a fact. Uh, but speaking of um, Jimmy Garoppolo, the options are slim stats because the Carolina Panthers traded for not Jimmy Garoppolo, but Baker Mayfield, our friends over at NFL University, a.k.a. The U, talked about that earlier this week. Uh, we're going to piggyback off of the Baker discussion stats, and we could rank, we could just generally discuss um all quarterbacks on new teams this season we're talking like notable quarterbacks here like you know big time shakers not andy dalton on the new orleans saints type stuff um (laughs) but um who's gonna have the best season who's gonna have the worst um just just gonna make some decisions and and scream out some prophecies as jacob memphis noted the way i see it i count eight Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, now in Carolina. Would have been Drew cool if you Locke, sent me this list. No big deal, but whatever. Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, Mitchell Trubisky, and Marcus Mariota. I think okay. that is everybody. Okay, so say that again, and I'm going to type it and send it to you since you didn't do that to me. I don't need you to type it and send it to me. I have written it down. Okay, so Matt Ryan. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Right. Baker Mayfield. Okay. Drew Locke. Ew. Okay. Carson Wentz. Okay. Deshaun Watson. Okay. Mitchell Trubisky and Marcus Mariota. Or okay. as the commissioner once said, Marcus Mariotto. Um, okay. So do, do you want to just rank them? Do you want to go best to worst? Do you want to just like discuss like this was your idea? I, I mean, I also think it's important to give credit on this show. You are so kind to always give me credit for all the fantastic ideas I have. It's yet to be determined whether this was fantastic or a flop. <laughs> but so for that reason, I want to make sure that you get the, um, you know, the credit here. Um, so what direction do you want to go? Well, let's just make our picks for who we think will be most successful. And I have a feeling that that will take us to multiple different people. Um, but I first question I have for you is like, what constitutes success? Are we going strictly on wins? Are we going statistical success? Like, how do you want to evaluate this? So I think that the barometer for success is different for Russell Wilson than it is for everybody else. Is that fair? He's taking a swig of water for the audio audience. Um, So, right. Like, Russell's in a different category. It should be the team is in a different category. Like, you know, he's inheriting a different situation than Marcus Mariotto. Uh, Shout out to (laughs) Roger Goodell again, uh, just as one example. Uh, But to that point, um, and I think think we're both comfortable saying we don't really have to talk much about the Deshaun Watson situation that is still like an ongoing. We have no idea what it's going to be. And I don't know that either of us really cares about the Browns being successful. I don't know how you could have any sort of like success there. And again, I think I speak for you. Like, there's nothing that they could do or everyone to be like, oh, that was totally worth it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not possible at this point. Here's the thing for me. Even if, let's say, the best case scenario for Deshaun, right? He doesn't get suspended at all. Even if he's there and plays, I'm still not sold that this is going to work out. He hasn't even practiced football in a year. Like, that matters. And I'm sorry. I'm not willing to just say, well, he led the league in passing yards with the Texans. So he's going to be really good in Cleveland. Like, no, no, no. So even if like that was the case, I'm not willing to necessarily say that I would put him as my most successful quarterback in a new place. I agree. Um, I agree entirely. Plus it's not like, I think we think of the Browns or Oscar, like they're loaded. They do have Amari Cooper, uh, which I'm very salty about. Um, David and Joku, who else, though? 
They, well, like, from a passing standpoint, but David Njoku, like, it's like, remember though, once upon a time, it was like, man, they have, you know, when they traded for Odell, it's like Odell and Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, you know, like, I mean, just the overall cast of characters. Uh, when they drafted Antonio Callaway, it was like, oh my gosh, they have all these dudes. Um, they have a great running game, right? Like, great, awesome, totally with you. They have a really stout defense, but you're going up against one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL and Joe Burrow. I don't know that you can contend with that, you know for an entire season. I don't know that you can contend with Lamar Jackson. We have no idea what, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Mitchell Trubisky, but, but again, like, I mean, we're, your point is very valid, but like, if, like you said, even in the most successful, you know, hypothetical, even at the Browns in the Super Bowl, I think the NFL, I, I don't know. I don't know that they have enough shame to, but I think the NFL would dread that two week long, Ooh. you know, microscopic look at the Browns, the way like the, I was going to say the national media, but like the worldwide media puts on the teams in the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think, the NFL would be like, oh, Browns are in the AFC Championship game. All right, the fix is in. They do not want that <laughs> attention um, on on their team. So, again, I think we're, we're willing to admit that of your eight, Deshaun is an admitted outlier, and we'll move forward with the rest. So, that being said, um, I think – I know the, the question is success, but if, if we amend it slightly towards expectation, I think that Matt Ryan has the second highest expectation around him. I think that's dumb, and I think that's stupid, and I think the Colts and their general manager are frauds. I still really like Frank Reich um, as a person, but I think he's, you know, related to the fraudulency, fraudulence, fraud, fraud, fraudul- the fraudulence, fraudulence that, that has been happening um, Indianap- in Indianapolis. Man, it's hard to say in Indianapolis, but um, so like I think. You know, I, I think the, the Colts have been, I'll tell you what stats, my, my wife and I, you know, we had a, a son uh, uh, half a year ago, seven months ago, and we bought a new car. I, I was talking to you about that. And like, you know what that's like? Oh man, we need a new car. Like, cause you need it for very specific purposes when you have a kid, right? Like it's got to have the right safety features. It's got to have the, the right air condition ports. Like everything's got to make sense. And so like, I feel like the Colts were in a very specific situation and they were like, okay, we have to have this super reliable vehicle, et cetera, et cetera. And then they went out and got like this you know, this like 2005 thing with like 250,000 miles on it that like you have to add free on to every month in, in Matt Ryan. Love Matt Ryan, love his career. But like, I just don't like that's a really, really silly bet to make in my mind. See, I'm amazed that you went here because I actually Matt Ryan is my pick for who I think is going to be most successful when you a, combine fraud too. statistical success with, I think, potentially team success. To me, I think it's Matt Ryan. First of all, like, the dude can play. He's a good quarterback. The Falcons no. had nothing on their team last year. He still almost threw for 4,000 yards. His that typical season is like 4,000 yards and around like 28 to 30 touchdowns. Like he is not a bad quarterback. You're putting him in Indianapolis now. He's got a great running game. Obviously, I mean, I still don't think that Taylor's going to put up the crazy year that he did last year, but he's still very, very good. And He's in a division where I think he can have success, RJ. Okay, the Titans are there, but they don't scare me, especially losing A.J. Brown. The Jaguars stink. The Texans stink. I think Matt Ryan, especially from a leadership perspective, which you can criticize Matt Ryan on the field, but in a locker room, there are few better. I mean, this guy came into the dumpster fire of all dumpster fires in Atlanta when Michael Vick was arrested for dogfighting and the head coach bailed on the team during the season. And he still piloted the ship. So I think Matt Ryan is in position to be end up being the most successful, both statistically and from a team success standpoint. I brought this up before. Do you know where and these are just two points of objective evaluation? You're, you know, 
level of satisfaction with the objectivity is up to you. Do you know where Matt Ryan ranked as far as offensive grades for quarterbacks by PFF last year? I do not. I want you to guess. Just, you know, just give me a guess. I don't know. Uh, 14? 17th. I would like you to guess one of the three quarterbacks in front of him. So, like, we're talking uh, 16, 15, and 14. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins actually finished sixth, which, again, highlights wow. the massive, you know, underrating that is always happening um, around him. But Matt Ryan finished 17th at 16 stats. Your boy, the better than actual Steve Young version of Steve Young, Taysom Hill, uh, <laughs> at 15, maybe the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, and at 14, Jalen Hurts. Um, now, this isn't a perfect science, you know, to be very clear. Matt, you know, Patrick Mahomes was tied for 11th with Mac Jones. So, again, like, I'm not saying, like, you got to square by this, but it's it's helpful evaluation. If you go over to Football Outsiders DVOA metric, do you know where Matt Ryan ranked? As far as quarterback, DYAR. 17? He ranked 19th. At 18, Tua Tungavailoa. 17, Jalen Hurts. Okay. 16, Carson Wentz. I, I think that the Colts have downgraded. I, I think that they have a worse no. player. No, like, you're right. Like, th- he's a much better leader, much more stable presence in the locker room, much more likable person. Those things matter when it comes to your franchise quarterback. You know, we can debate how much they matter, but they do matter. They're not insignificant. It's not a non-zero value. But as far as who they are as playing quarterbacks at professional football today, the Colts downgraded. And maybe you think the the overall net gain is positive because of the other, you know, sort of off-the-field extracurriculars, but they have a worse player at the position. I've said that all offseason long. I have become a Carson Wentz truther. That's the corner you've all painted me into. I don't uh, – he's less athletic, but I don't think he's a worse player. Matt Ryan is not just going to randomly throw the ball to the other team. Like, he doesn't have that self-destruct mechanism I just don't like, what, like Carson what, does. Like – you watch a lot of football stats, right? You yes. do a fantastic job on our Sunday night, late night rap. Uh, I've butchered the name, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a, a long morning already. But, I mean, you watch a lot of football. Can you just close your eyes and think of a big Matt Ryan play recently? In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll make this a little bit more specific. The Falcons changed uniforms two years ago. Big L by them, right? Like, they suck. Like, we both think they do. Can you think of a big Matt Ryan play in the new Falcons uniforms? No, but the team is eroded around him. Well, I mean, like, that's part, he's part of the problem. Like, I mean, like, I'm not saying he's 100% of the problem, but we act like, oh, Matt Ryan's this big victim. You know, like, the, the Falcons were just so terrible. Like, they're trapping him. No, like, he's, he's contributed to that erosion. I mean, like, he, he is a part of that. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I don't believe in this whatsoever. I don't believe in the Colts being so fortuitous that Matt Ryan just fell on their laps because the Falcons were interested in Deshaun Watson and he rightfully wanted out of that situation. Like, I, I don't I don't buy that. Like, I think this is the, the marriage and the connection that made the most sense for the Colts. I, I do agree that they made lemonade out of this situation, but I don't believe in this whatsoever. I don't think he's going to be the most successful. I think he's going to be somewhere middle of the pack relative to the quarterbacks we're talking about today. Let me ask you this question. Because I know you've been very critical of Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, and I think rightfully so. Thanks. To me, this is not the Colts scrambling after Andrew Luck retired. This is not the Colts bringing in the ghost of Phillip Rivers. Like, Matt Ryan is not broken down, right? Like, I, I feel like you cannot continue to give the Colts a pass for their quarterback situation. Like, they, they're not bringing in a guy that, like, really shouldn't be playing in the league anymore. Like, clearly you think Matt Ryan belongs in the league. You think he's a starting quarterback. So... 
I feel like you can't have it both ways. You can't say that about about Ballard and Reich, but then also be like, oh, Matt Ryan's terrible. I don't think he was like, I mean, I don't know if you want to like comb through the archives. I don't know that I've said, and I, like, to be very clear, like I love Matt Ryan. Like I think he's awesome. I used to really hate Matt Ryan because I felt like he was Tony Romo without the criticism and that, you know, like we were all in those boats, like what, you know, with our own fan bases. And so I used to get like really upset that Romo would get criticized for things that he wouldn't. Um, but I, you know, I persevered. I, I grew, I matured. Uh, and so I love Matt Ryan and I think he's been awesome. I think he's been, I, I don't like Matt Ryan had to deal with something incredibly difficult in, you know, football wise in losing the Super Bowl the way he did. And I think something that I've, I've said this before, cause I used to kind of hate the Falcons. Like it was the second body minute of that same idea. I, I don't think that that team gets enough credit for making the playoffs in 2017. E- every year we talk all about how the losers of the Super Bowl, even the winners of the Super Bowl, have trouble getting back. Not only did the Falcons get back to the playoffs after the most devastating Super Bowl loss of all time, they won a playoff game. They won a playoff game on the road against Sean McVay and the mighty Rams early on. I mean, like, I don't think they get... That, that that is a huge and that's that was one of my like sort of points about dan quinn last year it was like if you're talking about leaders of men i would totally sign me up for dan quinn and matt ryan and all the leaders that have been associated with the falcons organization in that sense over the last few years again some of the leaders in that organization made some questionable decisions this offseason which is why matt ryan is eligible for this conversation but so i i love him but like i i think he's been a shell i mean the last few years like yeah like he's got some gaudy numbers but it's because he plays a lot of football he doesn't miss games and i'll give him that but like we're over here like well all he's got to do is like hand the ball off to jonathan taylor like you're right like the regression of the mean is likely coming for jonathan taylor he's probably not derrick henry 2.0 so he's going to be asked to be you know to carry this offense a little bit more and i'm not saying that there won't be a moment where matt ryan has an amazing play and the world is like this is why the colts brought him in that will probably <laughs> happen but i think on the whole it's just it's not it, it's too late you know you're not chasing a ghost but like this you're not chasing casper's uncle's ghost but you're chasing casper like a tiny little ghost you know what i mean like a friendly ghost I have no idea what that means, but I get your general point. In uh, Casper, uh, Casper is like the other ghosts in the house are his uncles. It's like his right, three uncles. Older, if yeah, they're like they're like adults, and he's he's like a, he's like a youthful kid. So, all right. So then, who do you think is the quarterback in a new place that will be most successful? I am totally with you that I think that Russell Wilson's Broncos are going to not necessarily light the world on fire. Um, I'm so like, I I don't know exactly how I feel about that. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to be like, they won't make the playoffs, but like, I, I don't think that we're seeing like, you know, Peyton Manning's Broncos 2.0, like so many people kind of tend to think here. And I understand why people are kind of making that connection. Um, but I will take him here. Like if we define success from a statistical standpoint, like I could totally see Russell Wilson, um, maybe not leading the league in passing, but you know, having some high volume numbers, high volume, maybe career high passing yards, career high passing touchdowns. Um, what is his actual career high passing touchdowns? I'm curious um, at this because it can't be very high, just given the the offense that he's played in. Thirty, uh, no, forty. Okay, forty's kind of impressive, obviously. And that was two years ago on a team that you know was not very good. Um, actually, no, they were twelve and four. I'm sorry, in 2020. So. My overall point, as I kind of rambled to get here, the Broncos did not trade for Russell Wilson to watch him hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor the way the Colts did. You know what I mean? They traded for Russell Wilson to let Russ cook. You know what I mean? Like, they are going to live and die by Russell Wilson. That is his team now. And so he is going to have the highest opportunity to be effective. And that's why, like, I think he's most likely to be successful if we define it from an individual accolade standpoint. I don't know that he's going to be the guy on the team with the most wins. Although, looking at this group, I don't, no, that that's a bad bet to make, just, again, given the teams that we're talking about. 
I agree that the expectations for Russ are the highest because you're not bringing him in just to make the playoffs. Now, granted, the Broncos have been a quarterback mess since Peyton Manning, but you're bringing in Russell Wilson. You're giving up the amount of capital that they gave to Seattle because you want a Super Bowl. He doesn't have to necessarily win it, I don't think, but he has to get to one in his Broncos tenure for me to consider it a success. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's dumb to say this, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but like especially because Peyton Manning's Broncos made two of them, right? Like that's that's the the clear path, right? Like that's the clear template that you're following here is like in you know I don't know who I would blame the most outside of you know Russell Wilson here. Interestingly, he you know some of the blame Peyton was fortunate that it was able to you know be defected towards John Fox and to even John Elway, right? Like everybody, you know, kind of took some heat for what happened there at the end, um, except for Peyton. Although obviously I think everybody acknowledged that he was, he was a shell of himself there at the very, very, very end. Um, so, I mean, if Russ suffers some sort of like career talent, like if he gets Monstars talent zapped the way Peyton did, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't think he had, I'm not like doubting Russell's football intelligence, but I mean, he's not Peyton, nobody's Peyton man. You know what I mean? Like Peyton was able to overcome some things because of who he is. I think Russell would come very close to that to be clear. Um, but I don't. I don't know that there's a fall guy set up. Like I think Russell is is the dude, and so um, I still though I, I have a hard time betting against him. I think if we define expectations for them this year, if they win the AFC West, I think it's a massive dub. I like. I think it's a even. You know, you look back. I saw um, Bill Simmons tweeted yesterday actually that we're recording this on Friday um, that the 2012 divisional matchup between the Broncos and the Ravens was on. Um, I don't know where he was watching it. I was um, on the road, but, um, and he was like, this is one of the most like all time collapses of, you know, whatever. And like, I think we like, we forget John Fox took a knee at the end of that game, like to send, to send it <laughs> overtime. You know what I mean? Like there was, there was all sorts of like weird quirks that happened, but that season, like that, that, like when we went into 2012, nobody was like, you know, Oh man, Peyton's on the Broncos. And that was a little bit different because he was coming back from the neck surgery and things like that. But it wasn't until this, the second year when they traded for West or they signed West Walker in free agency that it became like, Holy crap, it's the Broncos. So I think that the, the hype has fast forwarded a little bit for Russell's Broncos, but I think if they win the AFC West, I think everyone will define that as a successful season. First of all, Bill Simmons, New England Homer, taking a shot at Peyton Manning. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, um, I agree with you. He, like, how can we hype up Brady even more? Like, make it so that right, he like, didn't have a career choking loss. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that Peyton gets enough credit. He misses the whole year with a neck injury where he didn't even know if he was going to be able to throw. He was throwing with Jim Harbaugh when he went on his free agency tour, and Harbaugh is laughing at him. That's why Peyton didn't go to the 49ers, because Harbaugh is like, that's as hard as you can throw it. And he comes back that year, and he finishes second in the MVP voting, leads the league in completion percentage. Then the year he after that. should have won it. That was so dumb to give it to Adrian Peterson. Well, yeah. The year after that, he throws 55 touchdowns. He throws for more yards and touchdowns in a single season than anybody has ever thrown for, wins the MVP. It's absurd what Peyton Manning did with the Broncos, but I agree. That's kind of what Russell is chasing. Like when you play the same position and you go to the same team at arguably the same point in your career, that's what the expectations are going to be. There's no way around it. But I agree with you. If they could win the West, first of all, if they win the West, he may be the MVP just because everyone, you know, that division is going to be so hard and all that stuff. And if they do win, it's going to be on the back of Russell Wilson. Because like you said, this whole thing is about letting Russ cook. So I agree you with see, you. Sorry, Stas, but can't you see like at NFL honors, 
uh, next year. Like if it's because, you know, it's generally like a pretty solid consensus, like who's going to win MVP, right? It's never really like a supreme shock. Uh, but so can't you see like, you know, say the NFL has Peyton Manning go out to award it, but, you know, because it's going to be Russell and things like that. And, and Peyton comes out and he's like, you know, this guy, uh, you know, just just couldn't let me have my thing. Oh, you, t- yeah. you beat me in, in the Super Bowl, you know, whatever. And, and, and he goes, the, the 2022 NFL MVP is. Um, you know, Broncos country, let's ride. Russell Wilson, like, can't you see Peyton, like, totally making that about, and, like, I don't, I love Peyton, but, like, like making that a little bit about him and, like, trying to become a part of the joke? I could see that. He will definitely mention that Russ is, like, doing the same thing he did. Like, he will do that. Peyton's he, in a weird, he, like, He occupies- had a line. Well, sorry, Stats, but when, when he won MVP in 2013, um, I think it was Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers who handed it to him. And who like awarded it on stage. And when he went up, he had like an all timeline. I thought he was like, thanks so much, guys. He was like, I'm pretty sure someday in the future, Andrew Luck and I will be up here doing the same thing. Like, it was really funny, like a really great way to like make make some lemonade out of the awkwardness. But go ahead. Ooh man. Andrew Luck. What could have been? Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Peyton's in a weird place in that like he has somehow managed to like become beloved by the Broncos, but also still be beloved by Colts fans. It's really like usually when they switch, like I think Favre lost a lot of juice when he number one left Green Bay, but then two, like did everything he could to get specifically to the Vikings so that he could play against the Packers. Peyton doesn't have that. Everybody loves Peyton. I think Peyton hates the Colts though, or hates Indianapolis. Like I saw the other day on Instagram um, after the Avalanche were celebrating winning the Stanley Cup. Um, Peyton shared like a photo and he was like, the cup is home. It's like, dude, <laughs> that would, that would eat, you know, that would like just kind of pick at you if you were a, a like hardcore Indianapolis person, you know what I mean? Like, wow. You know, just, um, you it's know, Pat weird. McAfee rides for Indianapolis. Peyton, not so much. Yeah. True. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So those that we've identified the top two, if you had to pick like a sleeper, where would you go? Oh, man. I am so excited that you asked me this question. I already defended him once here today. You're going I Carson Wentz. 
Dude, I mean, like, again, like, look at the situations. Like, you're really telling me that Marcus Mariota is going to upset Tom Brady's Buccaneers? You know what I mean? Like, no. I mean, if if we play, if we do the math, right, what quarterback, what quarterback's division that we're looking at here of your eight has a division leader that is, or let me rephrase the question. Which quarterback's division champion from a year ago is most likely going to crash and burn? It is Carson Wentz's, right? Like the Dallas, I've, I've said many different times, the last five times the Cowboys have won the division, they have not only failed to reach the playoffs the following year, they have found new and innovative and creative ways, dramatic ways to implode and make themselves an embarrassment and make me an embarrassment for defending them each and every single week. So Carson has that working for him. Who's the biggest threat to him outside of that? The Eagles, right? Like, you know, okay, cool. And I'm not trying to like poo-poo the Eagles, like a lot of great decisions and moves over the offseason, but like they are limited by Jalen Hurts. I Recently, uh, this week on the NFC's mixtape, BLG and I put together an NFC East All-Stars team on offense. So we kind of fleshed to the best players at every position. Is Carson not the second best quarterback in the division? Like it's clearly Dak, right? And then a gap. And then is Carson's definitely a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, right? You can say you'd rather have Jalen. You know, again, maybe it's the Matt Ryan leadership factor, but from from a standpoint of like who they are as passers, like which is the primary responsibility of being a quarterback, I think you'd prefer Carson Wentz. And that's not saying you think Carson's good. It's just that's the big question with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean Carson's a better passer, but I think overall Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback. I mean, that's like maybe you'd, I'm not like saying that's dumb to prefer Jalen Hurts. I'm just saying like you can certainly see a way that Carson is a better quarterback in some respects than Jalen Hurts. And so you think about it. I don't I don't think much of Ron Rivera, but I don't think much of Nick Sirianni. Like so maybe they have a push at, at the head coaching position. If Washington's defense, you know, doesn't they don't have to refine their 2020 form, but you know, is just somewhat legitimate. Terry McLaurin's now there. Jahan Dotson. Like I think we sleep a little bit on Washington's offensive cast of characters. Like that. That is some of the. the that's like. That trio right there is, I can tell you as an NFC East fan, like the most potent that Washington group has been. And I don't even know how long, like maybe RG3, Deshaun Jackson era. Like it has been a while since they've had two pass catching options that they can rely on because Curtis Samuel was never going to be it a year ago, no matter how much Ron Rivera is trying to recapture 2015. Um, So, and, and plus like, couldn't you just see like Carson have like because the NFL does this, like Carson having a massive win against the Eagles to like cement their like playoff chances ending like he ends their playoff hopes for like wouldn't wouldn't that be like the story coming full circle i just don't i don't think that when you take a dysfunctional organization like the washington commanders and you throw in (laughs) a dysfunctional quarterback like carson wentz how does that lead to success like the colts couldn't wait to get rid of Carson Wentz. They could. They but we've, publicly you, said you've acknowledged that they're they're frauds on their own. Like that. That isn't just a Carson sucked situation. That is there. There is more that, that to that story than Carson. And I, so I'm not saying like, oh, how are how are you doubting Carson Wentz? Like I'm not saying he's infallible. I mean, but I do think he's been. He's. I do think he's a bit of a victim for, from the Colts situation. No. Car, car, look, car, Carson made his bed in Philly. I. I. Like. I. I don't know how this happened, and I'm bothered that it happened. I think Car. Like similarly to the Falcons and coming back from twenty-eight to three. I think it was a very different. We. We underrate the psychological difficulty of what Carson Wentz went through in twenty eighteen. Like that had to be so difficult to to come out and, and try to like be happy for yourself and everybody around you when you didn't get to live out what Nick Foles did. Right. Like we can acknowledge that that had to be very difficult for him on a human level and he did not handle it well obviously in Philadelphia and I I think that Indianapolis went fine until it got tough but I don't think anybody around him you know 
bears any of the burden for that. Like, it's all Carson sucks. It, there's The Jaguars in that Week 18 game marched up down the field, however you want to you know term it, and scored on the Colts right away. Like, how is that on Carson Wentz? Like, we, we act like all of their problems are because he sucks. He's this weight that weighed them down. No, not all of their problems. But look, he doesn't acknowledge his own culpability in any of those situations in his mind it's never Carson Wentz's fault he never acknowledged anything in Philadelphia he's the one that went to the Eagles and said I don't want to run any of the full stuff like that's the full again I'm in not his head it messed with him then he I'm gets not saying it's mature but he, that, exactly like, so great you want an immature dude on the most immature are you looking at this list like come come up with a better sleeper option are you are you looking at the same list that I am I, no, you know, I, I trust I trust Carson in Washington, and some of it isn't isn't just Carson. It's what's around him, right? And again, the division he plays in. Like I think the mountain is less difficult to climb. That's why I picked him as the sleeper here. Like I I trust that situation more than I do Baker in Carolina. You know what I mean? Or or and Marcus in Atlanta or Drew Locke in Seattle. I mean, you know what I mean? I go, like I got one. I'll okay, go Trubisky comes, in Pittsburgh. Oh my. Gosh, that isn't even about Trubisky. That's about Mike Tomlin. That has that, that has nothing to do with him. You're you're right. That that's a huge <laughs> part of it for me. Um, but Mitch Trubisky, by all accounts, is not a dink. Carson Wentz is a dink. He just is. Trubisky's Mitch team Trubisky. drafted is the only team that drafted a quarterback in the first round this year. Like that's Trubisky's fine. Trubisky's seat is hotter than Carson's. That's fine. But Trubisky was drafted higher. Then Kenny Pickett. Let's think about that. So just from a <laughs> physical ability standpoint, people thought Mitch Trubisky had something there. He's going to be in the best situation he's ever been in, right? I think that's fair. Matt Nagy's a pumpkin. I have no, yeah, no, you know, love for Matt Nagy. Now he goes to Pittsburgh. He goes with the best head coach he's ever had. There's talent around Mitchell Trubisky. The defense is incredible in Pittsburgh. Now he's got to play in the AFC, which is no picnic. I acknowledge that. But Pick if you're asking me who if who I trust more, Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh or Carson Wentz in Washington, it is not close. Take command, baby. Um okay, oh, who do God. we who <laughs> that do is we... the worst of the slogans? Um so we think that Drew Locke is the worst. <laughs> like we, we don't have to like go deep into He's this. The, yeah, objectively worst quarterback on the list, yeah. Um I, by the way, I thought it, I mentioned this on the mixtape to BLG. I thought the like U.S. Open stuff was silly. Um, I, I respect Drew for trying to take it back into his own hands and control the situation and have fun with it. But it's like just let this go. Like you know, nobody needs we don't need to put, put attention on this. Like this is this is a weird move. But uh, but anyway, um, again, I know NFL University touched on it. But Baker and Carolina, if they're the team I trust, the team I trust least in the NFL is the Browns. To be very clear, again, but they're in their own special category of distrust and you know defamation and. All sorts of d dis words, um, but um, the team I trust least out of the other thirty-one teams is probably the Indianapolis Colts. But number thirty on that list, if the Colts are thirty-one, or I guess one and two, um, is probably the Carolina Panthers. This this team is a mess, dude. And I I don't I don't think Baker got a totally fair shot. I'm 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 with part of that story and part of that narrative. Um, but I do think he got a somewhat fair shot. Like, I think we act like all Baker ever did in Cleveland was succeed and succeed at a high level and, you know, all, the, all these things. Like, I'm not, again, I'm not saying he was awesome or trash or anything. It's, the truth is generally somewhere in between. I do not trust that quarterback, that archetype of quarterback, with, again, 
maturity issues are different. Like when you say one quarterback has maturity issues and another has maturity issues, they could be different types of maturity issues. And Baker Mayfield has had some of those. I, I thought it was so stupid how the Browns said they wanted an adult in the room like that. I don't I don't subscribe <laughs> to that, but he's Baker has obviously had some just some some NFLness to his career. Um, so I don't trust that landing in Carolina. I don't think there's like a rift between him and Sam Donald, but I also don't trust Matt Rule. Like I, I don't trust anything going on here. Like it is all a disaster. Like I just want, I don't like the pieces. I don't like the math. It's just, it's gross to me. I like it and not gross. Like, like it, it offends me, but it's just like, it's, it's football gross. Like there, there's no way that this situation ends well, like with them having success in my mind. None. I don't see a path. So I was listening to Justice and KP on NFL University on Wednesday. I think it was Justice that described the Panthers with the perfect word. He said rudderless. Like, what is the plan? The rudder controls the direction of the ship. What direction are the Panthers going? First, it was like, we're getting a franchise quarterback. And maybe Deshaun Watson was going to be their guy. And then all the off-field stuff happened. But part of running an NFL franchise is dealing with adversity, dealing with the unexpected, and having more than one plan. Then... They trade for Sam Darnold. They gave up three picks for Sam Darnold, which is insane. And then to make matters worse, they immediately pick up his fifth-year option, which is just ridiculous. Okay, but then that's what you're going to do, right? You're going to – you've decided. You've identified Sam Darnold. Okay, he was, you know, a high draft pick. Maybe you think you can fix him. And then now they draft Matt Corral. Like, they traded okay, up so the, to draft him. They traded so up like, to draft him. You're 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 steering away from the Sam Darnold plan, and you're now going with Matt Corral again. Weird decision, but whatever. You've had a year to look at Darnold. You didn't like what you saw. Okay, there's a quarterback there. You made the move. But then in the same offseason, you now trade for Baker Mayfield, who is not old, by the way. So it's like, like, what if Baker has an awesome year this year, right? Then. Are you going to well, keep him? I think him? you just deal with it. I mean, like everything else is is, is meaningless at that point. But right? the like, point just... is, like, there is no plan. There is even if it works out with Baker, like you, you're penalized because you traded up to get Matt Corral. Like all of this is weird. There is no structure in Carolina. There appears to be no plan. And I think I'm higher on Baker Mayfield than most people. But I think you need the right situation around him, and Carolina clearly is not that. I just think it so rarely works out that, you know, the the trade that, like, everyone can see coming a mile away hits. Like, what what's the last one? You know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, like, all they need is this piece. Like, all they need is that piece. So, like, it never, like, and, and I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know that the, like, again, the Browns weren't even weren't a baker away or a quarterback away. You forgot, not, not maybe you overlooked. I mean, in the middle of all that, they also brought Cam Newton back. You know what I mean? Like, and I know that, like, yeah. Sam Donald was hurt and stuff like that. So, like, that some of, but, like, my point with that is, is, like, the, the Panthers are a team that, like, I don't, like, people say this about the Cowboys a lot. Like, oh, they don't care about on-field success. They only care about making money. Like, I will say that this offseason has made it a lot more difficult to diffuse that that statement than in years <laughs> past. But the Panthers, to me, are the team that, like, screams that the most. Like, they are just trying to, like, be hot and be hip and be cool. Like, what can we do? Like, how, how can we get the most retweets? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's how the Panthers, like, operate. And so it's like, let's bring Cam back. Let's oh, Superman. Oh, let's do all the stuff. Oh, keep pounding. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, what does everyone want us to do? Let's trade for Baker. Let's do it. Let's just trade for Baker. And then we'll, we'll have all the chef memes and the chef stuff and, like, whatever. It's like... I don't, like it's, it's it's lame it's like it's not real it's hollow it's it's the matrix that's where the panthers are to me like they're they're a fictitious team they don't exist they're not a serious right. they're not serious about football it, it appears which is you know they're co- sort of in the wrong business for that but i agree uh, i don't think it's going to end well for them 
I think Matt Rule's going to be gone after this year. I think they're they're going to have to basically just totally scrap everything and and start over. And like as a fan, there's nothing worse than you feel like you could see that coming, and yet you have to just endure this season. Like for the Cowboys, I mean, I I think, and I think a lot of people think that they're just waiting out the time to hire Sean Payton. And it's like if that's the case, like what is this year? You know, like let's just do it then. You don't want to have to waste a year of your life to get to this point yeah. where everybody thinks you're going to go anyway. No, I mean, like I say that all the time, like when I said, like when football season ends, I, I, I'll say things like, man, we have to live through Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, um, generally or normally the time springing forward, the Masters, you know, NBA finals, NHL finals, the Little League World Series. Like we have to live through all of that just to get back to the beginning. You know what I mean? And then we have to live through the season again. Like it's it's a it's a you have to and then you have to go through like birthdays and anniversaries and uh, pumpkin photos and Thanksgiving and Christmas <laughs> and like, you know, uh, the car being too warm and the fog coming up from your heater when it's really cold outside and you have to keep turning on the windshield wipers like it's a it's a like a year-long thing that you have to sit through. how do you know about um, that you live in texas it gets cold like it gets down to the 40s every now and then like you know <laughs> the fact that you think that's cold tells me this you've is never lived in cold this is a an opinion of mine that i've never vocalized anywhere i think the redness from car brake lights is most annoying in those situations like when it's so cold outside but you have the heater on but it's like fogging you up and you're like i don't know where you're going like one evening like when you're in that traffic the the car red brake light is piercing like more piercing than ever um that's you know my two cents there but um yeah i just I, can't you just see like a, a like a expose like a gq story from baker next year that's about how like it was never right in carolina he just wanted to get out of cleveland you know he, he could tell like matt rule like when they went to install you know offense like he he was he'd say something like even my high school coaches weren't like that or like it, you could just see like some really like that was going on story coming about the panthers a year from now i think it's coming now about the browns to be honest with you like I'll oh yeah well, baker see Baker's going to give us some impressive. Baker's the new content king, like to be very clear here, like we're <laughs> we're about to be living in Baker's world. Um, I do have one thing to spring um, into stats, if uh, if you'll allow me, since we kind of hit on all these quarterbacks. It's a you're different allowed. subject if you're cool. Yep. Um, so this morning, Friday morning, Roger Goodell was on CNBC. Did you know this? I did not. OK, so Roger Goodell said um, that he clearly believes that the NFL Sunday ticket is heading to a streaming service in 2023. Um, so currently, and football nerds like Stats and I love this, uh, but Stats, I believe you're a DirecTV customer, right? Because they have the Sunday ticket that or you used no. to be at one point in time. You no. were at some point in time. We've had that conversation nope. before. Or, That's a lot. Whatever. And maybe I made it up. Maybe you were in my dreams, uh, but whatever. A lot of people like Stats who live in geographic areas that aren't relative to their teams have to have right. the Sunday ticket so that they can watch their teams because they don't have them locally. Um, so currently, DirecTV has the Sunday ticket. You have to pay for it every year. Gen I've had DirecTV before. Oftentimes, if you sign up for DirecTV, you get the Sunday ticket for free, but you well, I don't know how long a standard contract is, like two years or something like that. So you end up having to pay for it. It's like, what, like 300 bucks, 350 bucks? It is um, not cheap. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, And you have 
Um, just to be very clear here, you have access to every NFL game on the Sunday ticket, and I think they have an app and everything, um, and you have access to the Red Zone channel. People often reference the Red Zone channel, but there are two of them. DirecTV's Red Zone channel is hosted by Andrew Siciliano. The other Red Zone channel um, is on other streaming services like general cable services. I have Fubo. I have no problem shouting them out. I love Fubo. That Red Zone channel is hosted by Scott Hansen. Um, so two different Red Zone channels, just to be very clear, um, but it seems like a streaming service would is in the mix or maybe not even in the mix maybe owns the mix for the sunday ticket a year from now that changes the game stats let's talk about content king why dude i mean <laughs> sorry, that's a big sorry to like kill your big build up there but like what is the difference as opposed to if i get it on a satellite versus i get it on streaming you how fast is your internet? How, how fast is your internet at home well it's supposed to be as fast as you can get it still stinks though okay that's that's why. I mean, like, there's a lot of people who, you know, have extremely fast internet, don't have fast internet, whatever. I mean, like, satellites, you know, sort of overstep that problem, sidestep that problem. And look, to be very clear, I'm a fan of this. I think this is an awesome thing, an awesome situation. Um, I think this helps boost. I, I don't know how this works, um, but, like, I think this helps boost the, the, the game internationally, right? Like, it's probably easier to access the Sunday ticket from a streaming platform if you live in Germany or whatever than it is to access the Sunday ticket, like, via DirecTV. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how that works. I mean, I'm not, like, a, I don't even know who would know this answer, but my point is I think that's big, and I think I, I love NFL content. Like, to be very clear, I don't know if that's obvious, but the fact that, like, it's my life. Um, but I think this leads to more NFL content if – who would you guess? What's probably Apple TV, right? Is that our guess for like they've they've already got the rights to uh, Friday Night Baseball. They've got the rights to the MLS. They've got the rights to I don't even know what else. But I mean, have you watched an Apple TV baseball broadcast? Stats? Uh, not a full broadcast, but I've watched some of it. Yeah, like uh, the Astros have played on there a few times, and I know some people had some qualms with the um the, like the the actual statistical relevance that they were, you know, or like, you know, showing off whatever. But I like that. Like, I, I think that Apple TV, th there's some kinks to work out, but I think that, you know, I'm comfortable. Like, I thought it would be weird watching a baseball game on Apple TV, but it's been it's been fine. It's been natural. And if that's where DirecTV or excuse me, where the Sunday tickets headed, like that could be really cool. Like, welcome. Welcome to the future. I feel like to me, like they're all I just look at it as the dinner plate, right? Like, the food i don't care what dinner plate the food is served on as long as i'm getting my nfl football i don't care if it's a streaming service i don't care if it's cable i don't care what it is but i think it's pretty clear we are headed to individual you being able to purchase your individual team package and i also Maybe think you're, we're we're heading to individual broadcasts like we've seen it now already they have like the scout broadcast the analytics broadcast i think as a fan you're going to be able to pick specifically not only like which team you want to watch, but which broadcast of your team you want to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think there's more Manning cast type products that are on the way in the future. Like you've said, like we've seen different like they do that for like national championships and things like that, like different groups, yep. and, but what, which I think is um, cool. No, I agree. And like this, this allows for that. Like I, I, I'm excited. Like, I think this is cool. I'm, I'm somebody like I, it's a, I didn't think we would be talking about this today, but like I, I've cut the cord in my house. Like I know a lot of people have, but I know a lot because I really wrestled with that decision. I know I talked to you about it last year when I did it. I went back and forth, back and forth because I thought, you know, man, like it's really going to change my sports watching experience. Like that's the whole reason I debated not doing it. But like I've been totally fine even without, you know, or, you know, I had direct TV to be very clear. Um, 
and and I haven't missed it at any at any points. And I, I think this there's so many people out there stats. I guess to get back to my point, that have not cut the cord because of sports and because of the NFL specifically. And there's so many people who have Direct TV specifically because they need the Sunday ticket because they're a Packers fan that lives in Florida or a Chargers fan that lives in Maine. I don't know how those examples were the ones I went to, but like this changes the game for them. Like this this will save a lot of people a lot of money in all likelihood. Which I'm all for, especially I'm all for people not giving their money to a giant cable company. Cable companies are the worst. Mm. Um, do you have anything else you want to say, Stats? Any pet peeves? Any Anything that makes you feel good inside? Anything? You know, actually, I would like you to say, give me one thing that you promise to eat and one thing you promise to drink over the weekend. It can be water. It can be crackers. Like It can be as simplistic as you want it to be. No, first of all, beer. Lots of beer this okay. weekend for me. <laughs> I did, I mean, uh, well, I mean, what what kind? What label? Like, or you know, what's going on here? Like, you can't leave us hanging. Probably Sam Adams. My wife just bought a big ah, what like, a, variety what a New pack Englander. of Sam Adams. What, what, a, what an East Coast, what an East Coast, you know. But dweeb. for dinner tonight, I'm gonna have handheld chicken pot pie, homemade. My wife is making it. She makes the crust and the filling and all that. So it's like a hot pocket almost, but it's a chicken pot pie, but it's homemade. Handheld as opposed to robot held, like well, <laughs> knife and like, fork. Oh, you're saying you can eat. You're saying you can eat it like an apple. Is that what you're saying? Like you can literally yeah. hold it and eat it. Right. Interesting. And wow. it's awesome. So there you go. See, like, I actually thought you would be more like me when it came to stuff like this. I I don't really like chicken pot pie, but if I eat it, it's got to be really cold outside. You know what I mean? Like I would feel weird eating it in the summer. And and I'm like I'm happy for you and happy you're gonna have that. But like, do you? I think you do agree to a point thousand percent i'm a huge weather <laughs> impacting my food guy i only eat soup when it rains when it rains i it's like a like a pavlov's dog uh, thing dude, like i want that, soup when it rains that sounds like a song right there i <laughs> only eat soup when it rains yeah the droplets in my bowl go splishy splash i don't eat it outside <laughs> no you're right that that sounds like like a line from a song when when a guy's trying to describe like a really eclectic woman, right? Yeah, or, or the name she of like a, an soup when it rains. Yeah, or like the name of an old like Zanga blog. You know what I mean? Like just something really random like that. Like, um, wow, uh, good for you, good for your chicken pot pot. You didn't ask what I was going to eat or drink over the weekend, so wow. Because I don't care. Wow. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. Rob is on Twitter at Stats on Fire. That is Stats in Fuego in Spanish. I don't know if that handle is taken, but if not, we should get on that for you, Stats, for branding purposes. Uh, I am on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Uh, stats promises to upload photos of his chicken pot pie to his Instagram store. He's on Instagram at Stats on Fire as well. Uh, so make sure you go check that out. Stats, the final... 431 words belong to you. Make them great. Go. Damn, 431 words. I have no idea how many sentences that even could be, but I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to say 431 words and end the show in an inspiring, intelligent, and, you know, frankly, fantastic fashion, especially because, you know, I asked you to host the show today because my voice is leaving me. And so you giving me the final 431 words of the show is really just a, you got a chicken pot pie coming. You're about to nurse it. that gullet. I mean, it's about to feel soothed. All right, so you know, relax. You know, I'm putting you through the test. So you can get the uh, the reward. Three words left. Thank you, RJ.
What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.